When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! guys, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 121. This is uh, April Fool's. It's April 1st. It's Monday night. Uh, I won't, we didn't do a show yesterday. Kind of got um, derailed on some plans with uh, with one of our guests, so we, I kind of blew it all blew it all apart. But uh, joining us today is uh, Black and Gold Hockey Blog. I'm sorry, blackandgoldhockey.com writers. <laughs> Mike Craddy and Garrett Hayden. Uh, welcome to the program, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to be good to be here. Yeah, we should just set the tone right now, Mike. Since you're the senior writer with us, I, I want you to. I'd like you to go first with the questioning, and then Garrett, can you just follow along so we just don't talk over each other? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Sounds good. So. Um, Mike, why don't you tell everybody where we can follow you on Twitter and um, what you have going on right now, um, not only with the blackandgoldhockey.com website, but your other ventures in uh, the sports media world. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Karate. Uh, catch up on all my Bruins content and other miscellaneous things. I'm not just all hockey, but mainly hockey. But I'm also a digital content intern under Scott McLaughlin, who's the digital content specialist for WEI. 
93.7. I've been interning there for the semester so far, and I'll be um, doing it until the end of the semester in early May, and I'm loving it. Uh, I got to cover a Bruins game. Got to, I've gotten to write some articles, do some email newsletter stuff and other miscellaneous small projects, but it's been good. You know, loving it. Awesome. And Garrett, for you, uh, please tell us about your Twitter handle. Uh, you've been writing with us for a while now, for at least a, um, a season. And, um, and plug your other stuff, too, because I know you've got a podcast that's going on, too, correct? Yeah, yeah, yep. So the uh, – well, actually, my personal Twitter, you can follow me at, uh, at the sports guy 97 on Twitter. Um, then I got the uh, Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I uh, can follow on Twitter and uh, I also have a Facebook page as well. That's awesome, man. And, and welcome uh, as a first-time guest. And, and Mike, um, welcome back as a, as a returning yeah. guest. Yeah, I'm pumped to be back. Always love being around here nice. on the uh, black and gold airwaves. Nice. Um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, last week's games, um, not thrilling. Uh, I'm kind of getting the feeling that the, the, the Boston Bruins have clinched, and they're getting the feeling that they just – Riding it out. Um, I'd like to see a lot more effort uh, coming down to the end of the season to really gauge what you have in the first round against a, a Toronto Maple Leafs. That it's, it's pretty much 99% you're going to be playing. So uh, last week, Tampa Bay, they lost. Uh, and they have a big win against the Rangers on Wednesday night and a unfortunate loss at home. Uh, to the Florida Panthers, which is just terrible, and then even la- even worse, last night the uh, the Boston Bruins um, lose to the Detroit Red Wings six to three. So um, going into, I mean, w- thoughts on last week? Um, are they sitting? Are they off the gas pedal uh, too much uh, to be concerned? Or uh, your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I think they definitely took the foot off the pedal a little bit. But it's to the point where I'm not going to freak out about it. I know some people might. I'm not one of those people. I have a lot of faith in the team. Um, you know, they're still not fully healthy. Losing a low-key important guy like Sean Corrali not too long ago. Uh, that hurts the middle six of the of the forward core. You lose Chris Wagner for last, for last night's game. But you do gain Kevin Miller back. You know, you got Krug and Johansson back throughout the week. Marcus Johansson hasn't quite been comfortable yet. He's come back from an injury, looking to establish chemistry with his line mates. There's still a lot up in the air. So I'm cutting the Bruins a little bit of slack, but I do think there's a little bit of complacency um, with the team right now. But I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about, and I don't think it'll continue for much longer, if any longer. Garrett, your thoughts? Yeah, I would definitely agree with Mike. You know, I think it's kind of been a weird year with some of the division divisional teams that they've played. That they've kind of had issues with Detroit. They've had issues with uh, Florida. You know, they've lost two games, I think, against both of them. Um, I'm not ready to hit the panic button because I think, you know, they're kind of, they know who they're going to play. They know that they're probably going to have home ice. So it's kind of like, there's not a whole lot to play for, but you kind of would like to have better efforts, especially the last two games. You know, with games that, you know, if you win both of those games, you're, you know, you're the number two seed. They don't even have to play this week. Yeah. And um, obviously moving uh, forward, there's there's three games remaining in the season, um, which starts tomorrow night in Columbus. 
Uh, and then there's another road game in Minnesota. It should be interesting against former Bruin. Ryan Donato and all the butthurt fans that will still get pissed about trading him. And uh, yep. and wrapping up the season on Saturday afternoon against the Eastern Conference leading by like 19 points leading the Bruins, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, that's it. So expectations for the next three, the last three games of the season and, and what you could see. I mean, can, can you see roster changes could you see people sit um i'd like to hear your thoughts um i mean i don't know if there's gonna be a lot of roster changing but um you might see a little bit if chris wagner's day-to-day injuries actually day-to-day he could be back against columbus who knows there but uh certainly don't mind seeing carson coolman anybody who follows me on twitter knows i am the president of the carson coolman fan club and i will always be that guy and, yeah, I mean, there might be a little bit of changing. Um, you're pretty much good on the defensive core unless John Moore comes back. Uh, but, you know, they whatever happens, it's a bit of a tough week ahead. Columbus is on fire right now. They're trying to gain as much ground as they can um, on Carolina. Carolina. Carolina's just a point behind them. Um, they've won the last five games and seven of the last ten. Minnesota is struggling in their playoff race. They're four points out of a wild card spot, but regardless, despite losing seven of the last ten, they're going to come out hungry. You have to expect whether they end up doing so or not. And then you have Tampa. Um, this is a game where guys could be sitting out on both sides. Um, Tampa is just a wagon in every sense of the word. Uh, only team in the NHL with over 300 goals, I noticed today when preparing for uh, my own show on Sports Spot. But, yeah, they're they're crazy good, and whether they've got people sitting out of the lineup or not, they're going to be tough. But um, I think this is a chance for them to wipe out that complacency and get in that playoff mindset. Yeah, I think um, tomorrow night's game is probably going to be, you know, difficult because I think Columbus is playing with a lot of desperation, and, you know, rightfully so with where they are in the playoff standings. Um, but I think... You might see some guys out of the lineup, guys maybe getting off days, you know, Bergeron, uh, Pasternak, maybe Krejci even. Um, although I'd be surprised because he played every single game last year. Um, I would expect Tuesday's game to be, you know, a tough one. But Saturday, I don't think a lot of guys are going to be playing. I don't even know about Thursday as well. The r- roster for me uh, is going to be interesting because of the player expectations right now. Um Listen, Joe Hansen, uh, we'll talk about him, but he just doesn't seem like he's fully recovered or anything like that. But um, what's going on out there? Sorry, I couldn't find a uh, quiet place in the <laughs> That's <all> right, campus. <laughs> That's where I'm at college, buddy. <laughs> yep. I miss co- yep. I miss college. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, but, you know, can't. Can't ask him to be quiet around no, us I, all the time, unfortunately. I got to. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just see, like, uh, players like Nordstrom, Johansson, they're not, like, impact players to me. They're more just fill-in type of roles. Um, I, I think that without them pointing, putting the points up uh, on a consistent basis makes them a little more of a liability and, and maybe – these last three games could be a chance for somebody to come up and, and kind of make a, you know, a, a name for themselves. 
in the AHL. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Mike? What was that? Oh, boy. This you, is not going to work out. You cut you cut out for a bit. Oh, I'm did sorry I? about that. Yeah. Um, on my end, at least. Um, talking about the rosters, uh, like players like um, Johansson and Wag, um, and uh, uh, Nordstrom. Lost, yeah, Nordstrom. Thank you. I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, you know, these guys aren't doing much on this team. I know that, that Johansson just came back, but... Um, you know, it, would this be an opportunity to give him more rest and give Nordstrom a, a view from the ninth floor while you give a, a developing player some uh, some NHL time? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, if Cassidy just kind of sat down with Marcus Johansson and kind of said, hey, how do you feel? Maybe you want to watch things from up top to get a sense of who you'd be playing with and watch them from a different perspective. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of Carson Kuhlman, so if he plays a little bit, that'd be fine with me. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no, like, desperate need to do it, but I think there's definitely the potential for it, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah, I think that if, you know, wingers need to rest, I wouldn't be surprised if they called Solaric back up. Um, you know, he's been up and down a few times. You know, Kuhlman will almost certainly play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Nordstrom, you know, I kind of go back and forth on him because, yeah, he kills penalties, but it's like he doesn't do a whole lot else. Um, I would kind of almost say with Johansson, you kind of keep playing him because I think that, you know, missing game action like he was, you know, is not good. I mean, I feel like it would be almost smarter to play him as much as possible so that he can kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, but it is kind of disappointing when he has games like uh, last night and Saturday where it doesn't really do a whole lot, even on the top line. Yeah. Um, we might as well just stay on this before I get to the next one. And and one of the topics was your hands, and, and it just se- seems to me like he's very uncomfortable on that right side. Like he's almost like a, a natural left winger. Yeah. And he, they don't want to disturb the, the Krejci and DeBrusque, you know, breakup, and then put DeBrusque on the right side. So, for me, it's just, I don't know. It's if you're not playing well, I, I especially at this time of the season, you've already locked it up, you know, pretty much the uh, home mice too. I, I'd give it to mm-hmm. a kid and just rest them a little bit more. Yeah, I could, I could agree with that. You know, I think. Um, I liked what they did last night when they put him on the third line with Coyle and Heinen. I don't know. I just really liked that combo last night. Um, seventh player award last. Um, well, that was Saturday actually, and uh, uh, Chris Wagner. Mark Johansson. Wait, oops. Oh, someone just beeped on my end. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, Johansson's definitely, I think, a little bit uncomfortable. I'm with you, Mark. Um, from what I saw, like even just um, glancing through Twitter throughout the year and seeing like line combos pop up every once in a while, I always saw Johansson on the left side. So, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it isn't. I just hope for his sake, um, for a comfort- from a comfortability standpoint, um, New Jersey wasn't a, like they made the playoffs last year, but ever since he left Washington, who's a pretty consistent, um, consistently good team. 
Um, this is his first time to really like play for a contender. So I hope he figures it out before then, and you know, makes an impact because obviously you want him to deliver on what we had to give up for him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, jump in. We 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 kind of got bounced around on the connection, Mike, but we would uh, we we jumped to the uh, seventh player award and Chris Wagner getting it on Saturday. Uh, yeah, well deserved. Uh, no. Yeah, I think so. Um... When I was talking, actually, I was watching the game with a few of my friends. I was thinking we were making, like, predictions before the game of who was going to get the award. And I was saying Har- uh, Carlo or Halak. I almost said Harlow. Um, but, um, yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those guys for sure. But um, Chris Wagner is not um, an undeserving candidate by any means. Um, they signed him as a bottom six forward. He's played as a bottom six forward. But... Um, he's done it in an effective way and he's just, he's developed a persona here. He's the mayor of Walpole. Everybody seems to like him for the most part. And I think it was well-deserving and I think it kind of puts a little damper on, I've seen people talking about a reputation that the seventh player award just goes to like a high point producing player. The last guy I can think of with that is David Krejci, but they sure goes to Chris Wagner. So. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I feel like the award has kind of gotten off the rails in the last few years that, like, Marshand even got it, like, two or three years ago. Um, And then you had Pasternak, obviously. But I think it was nice that they went back to, like, okay, this is a guy who, like, no one was expecting really anything from. And, you know, as the award says, you know, player that exceeds expectations. Um, I will also say that there's really was no wrong answer with this. Could have been Wagner, could have been Carlo. Halak, really, you can't pot, you can't go wrong with that kind of uh, decision. Yeah, I, I thought everybody that did the voting did a great job this time. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the Chucky Bright Lights and 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 how cute he is because it, it is a fan vote and and sometimes these things can absolutely get crazy with with uh, with how emotional some people can can vote and, and how regularly. Yep. So um, yeah, I, I, he's a you know, he's really changing my opinion on local uh, bred hockey players coming back to the city. Um, I just, I've been around a while, guys. You know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 43 in December, so I've seen what what happens. It, it's, it's kind of a trend to me personally, but he's, he's really making me think that I need really start to give these guys a chance. And, um, you know, it, it, the Charlie Coyles, uh, as Mike's uh, family is very well uh, known to have known. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's good for him. It's good for, I mean, it's, it's just a great New England story. I mean, he's just a great kid that just is exceeding expectations. And, and, and mine above, because I just thought, you know, a million dollar grinder. Okay, I get it, but I just didn't think that he was going to put this much effort into it and and have career numbers so uh good on him and and, a good good seventh player pick yeah i'm with you totally um yeah definitely absolutely um oh yeah here's a good one this this one's actually from from garrett uh he said who should he said who 
be on the top line with Bergeron and Martian. Ooh. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be in the playoffs because I'm, I'm guessing it's not going to be the last three games. Yeah, you know what? yeah that's what I'm I was gonna, getting at. I'm going to go with Denton Heiden. And here's why. Um, the theme that's been going around all season, David Pasternak is definitely a big-time piece of that first line, but Marshawn and Bergeron have proven time and time again that they can do fine with whoever they're playing with. It's not a slight on Pasternak. Um, Heinen elevated his play a bit at that time. Johansson doesn't necessarily look comfortable in general sometimes, but part of that could be from the fact that he's on the right side. Jake DeBrusque had a similar issue when he was playing his right side. He didn't look great. He had one of the worst stretches of his season. But if you do that, you can put Johansson on the third line with, say, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner, Carson Kuhlman, David Backus, whoever it is. So it gives you balance in the top nine, and it's not like Heinen is a, just a terrible option compared to someone like Pasternak or Johansson. He fit well there, and he is one of those guys, unlike Johansson maybe at times, this isn't a slight on Johansson, that looks comfortable in his off wing. So I'd be, I'd be perfectly fine with that, and I... Hope they go with it, but wouldn't be surprised if they go a different route. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Garrett. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. All right. Uh, what do you guys think about David Pasternak? Do you think he's still hurt? I know he's recovering and so on, but there's some. And, and, and this has got nothing to do with his five-point game the other night. But Rob actually brought this uh, original host of the show uh, who's on vacation right now. Uh, actually brought this up on the Slack conversation. Uh, he's noticed something that he uh, in close that he's coming in, skating towards the net, and he tried to do a certain move, and he, it just, he, couldn't, he couldn't execute. And Rob seems to think that it was because of his hand. Obviously, he's still recovering, uh, but but Rob seems to think that not at 100%. So what about him moving forward? Uh, do you rest him for a few more games, or do you just keep going him, keeping him going and, uh, and eventually red hot just going into the playoffs? I mean, I think you, you can afford to sit him in the last two games, maybe just the last game, um, just the singular game. But I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't 100%, but, you know, I think he just made a mistake on that move in particular. I think I know which one you're mentioning. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't buy much in, into it too much, but, you know, I wouldn't be opposed regardless of whether it's ailing him or not to giving him a couple of games off at the end. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, I mean, it could be, but I think there's definitely something to be said for you know, sitting him down the stretch, maybe the last two games, you know, or having him continue to play to kind of get back to kind of the conditioning, um, you know, because he missed, you know, a bunch of weeks. I mean, it definitely could be, but I don't know. I, I'm not really thinking that that's still bothering him. Could be, but. Um, um, 
Hey, has the secondary scoring been resolved? Secondary scoring. I don't know if it's been fully resolved, but I think it's gotten better. They're spreading it out a little bit more. David Backus is even getting on the board every once in a while. Um, we saw highlighted by the recent game against the Islanders before Sean Corrali got injured, where him and Nola Chari even got on the board a bit. Um, it's been solved a bit internally. Um, I think people have just stepped up, and that's made things easier throughout the throughout the lineup for obvious reasons. You can never have too much scoring, but you know I think it's interesting. You obviously, like I said earlier, Heinen has like slowly been improving, not in bunches, but he's been a little more consistent the second half of the season. Charlie Coyle got the monkey off his back and um, has buried. Um, has put up a little bit, uh, a few points. But, you know, I think regardless of the secondary scoring on the topic of um, of Coyle, I think his presence in the bottom six has really stabilized it. And I think um, we've seen it improve even more since the trade deadline in a bottom six that was already pretty solid, in my opinion, for the most part. So, yeah, I think it's gone up a little bit, but I don't think it's been, like, fully solved, you know. I still always think there's a little bit of room for improvement. And, uh, yeah, that's just my two cents on the subject. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think it's probably not fully resolved, but I think it's getting better. You know, you had a point earlier in the season where there was, like, some kind of crazy, like, uh, minute stretch about when was the last time they got a five-on-five goal from not Marshan Bergeron or Pasternak. So I think they've come a long way from that. It's definitely not like fully resolved, but I definitely feel a lot better about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Zeno uh, Chowra nominated for the 2019 yeah, Bill Masterson Trophy. The award is given to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication uh, to hockey. So... I uh, I know everybody is is nominated for this award. Um, all 31, 32, I don't know how many teams we have now, um, but uh, I think it's very well deserving. Uh, the guy signs a, a a year extension. Was that a week ago? Extension and yeah, yeah, yeah. So things are looking good and, and good on him. I mean, he does he does fit all of those categories when it comes to somebody of uh, leadership stature. So um, thoughts on the award, but also um, moving forward with another year of Zidane Chara. And if I may add, if things don't work out in this playoff, I think by adding him, the 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 organization is really setting up to. Uh, hammer home a home run on uh, really going for it next season. So your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think with the Masterton Award, like you can't get much better with Zidane Ochara. Um, whether you read into his social media, whether you watch him post game, you watch him on the ice, how he, you know, maybe he doesn't say the nicest things to people if he's angry. But, you know, he's always sticking up for his teammates. He embodies a leader. He's been a leader of this team, seems like, forever. And, <coughs> excuse me, he's a 
extremely deserving of the, the award and the contract. I mean, I agree with you, Mark. I think that them bringing him back, whether it was on for two or three more years or if it was just the one like this year, it shows commitment that they want that um, they want that depth because, you know, they could have easily just went like, oh, yeah, uh, we'll move on. He, we have Erho back in nine, and someone else can step up. We'll make a trade, whatever. But they kept him around. He he earned it. You know he does. He isn't perfect. He has the times where he looks a bit slow. But I mean, the guy's 42 years old, and he weighs six, weighs 255 pounds, and is six foot nine. That's bound to happen. Um, I think it's very well deserved, and I definitely agree with the mindset that it shows that they want to keep him around because they feel he can, like, contribute big time this year and beyond yeah i would agree with mike on the masterton point i mean there's really no better guy that you could you know mention in in terms of that award um i think i honestly love the one-year deal because i think it shows that yeah the bruins absolutely would try to go for it but i also think um it's interesting because you know, next year you could see a lot of influx of a lot of those young defensemen from Providence. And I think having Chara here, having him as, you know, a mentor, you know, I think would be great for some of those guys down in Providence. You know, he did so well with McAvoy, did so well with uh, Carlo that, you know, I think there's really, uh, it's all positives with it, with this. Yeah. And, and I, I was, I don't know, my reactions are more uh, shoot from the hip when I hear things. Uh, and then I want to learn about why decisions are made. So, you know, I always like to take a little time to, to evaluate my thoughts and, and, and do a little research myself. So, you know, and it, the benefits are always there sure. for a leader like him uh, with these younger players. And like Garrett, right. like, like you said, coming up with players from Providence and the defensive core, it's just important moving forward for another year. So um, if, if the Bruins want to entertain another year, it's, that is kind of stretching it to me. I, I think that, um, I don't know. It's up to Z, actually. But, you know, just just having all that depth down there, I just, I, I'd like to see more spots available for the uh, the youth. But I do understand that you need to have uh, veteran leadership around to show these guys the way, too. So, you know, both sides of the coin, it, 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 it's, it's shiny on both sides. So. Um, Speaking of yeah. Providence, uh, how about the Bruins extending uh, their relationship to 10 years um, with an affiliation agreement with the Providence Bruins? That's pretty huge. 10 years. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of minor pro. I follow the minor yeah. pro uh, leagues a lot, and you really don't see this often. I I, I think it's just how the Providence organization has brought themselves uh to be one of the best i mean these guys are in top five in attendance every year so not the greatest organization in my opinion because they really don't do enough for the fans but the way they're developing the players down there and the tools that are needed for that i give them an a plus and i think this agreement even though I think it's somewhat biased uh, to the ownership of the Boston Bruins because if you guys don't know that Jeremy Jacobs' buddy, uh, a former, a, a, another Buffalo resident, uh, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy who owns the Providence Bruins and the company that owns them is 
um, out in Buffalo and Jeremy Diggins was friends. So not shocked that a 10-year agreement came through, but um, I would also question that if the team was terrible and not producing, you know, decent talent on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, this, this blew me away. Um, I wasn't expecting it, not because I don't think Providence deserves it, but like you said, the term was so long. Um, it's great uh, because, you know, I think Jay Leach is doing a really good job with the team. I don't watch him as much as you do, Mark, but from what I read, from what you say, from what the recaps on the website say, um, and all the Providence Bruins content that we produce and Mark Diver produces, um, it sounds like things are going pretty well for the most part down there. And speaking of Mark Diver, he talked to the Providence Bruins CEO, Jeff Fear, and said he thought the relationship would last forever. So th- it seems like there's confidence in the organization, confidence in the decision. And, you know, what a story, you know. We might not see another affiliation like this extended for so long in any sport for years. Who knows how long it'll be till we see another deal like this. It's it's pretty unique. And, you know, it's good to see that things are going well down there, and hopefully they continue to do so. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I kind of love the, um, you know, affiliation that they have with with the Providence Bruins. I mean, there's such a, you know, a good, mar- good market for hockey there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love the, the 10-year thing. I mean, it is it is a while you know i've never really was not really expecting it never really heard of you know a team that's so willing to you know extend their ahl team but uh, it's it's great to see i mean i'm i i I think it's awesome well one thing that i constantly think about is what happened i was a former season ticket holder of the manchester monarchs up in uh, manchester new hampshire and you know that that team that organization did a great job with the fans and and you know they there was a good steady for five thousand people in this in this in the stands um but then the ahl and the la kings worked together and then they brought all their affiliates out west so it got them closer to their areas of operation i'm on the thought that Right. An agreement like the Bruins and the Providence Bruins, what they did last week, probably could happen again with affiliates being closer to home. So you might get those longer deals um, instead of instead of doing it cross country when you really like you you don't have your prospects available within an hour's notice for emergency recall, opposed to. A half a day to a to a, a full day of travel, so you know you know what I'm saying, and 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 the cost right. of the travel too. It's 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 money, it's time, it's a player, it's Definitely. a roster. I mean, it's a it's a whole trickle down. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see more teams doing that with with trying to keep their uh, prospects closer. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I actually had never even thought about the like proximity. Uh, aspect that you mentioned that's an interesting one but i definitely agree with you there mark yeah i mean yeah, I mean, manchester, yeah, yeah I would definitely to la i mean it's crazy and and just like i remember just seeing tyler tofoley Tanner pearson and and you know martin jones uh my favorite player back then was uh brandon cozen that guy was crafty really good player but anyway uh it's just 
you know, you got to you got to have your prospects as close by as possible. And Providence is just uh, it's a couple hours away from Boston, and you know that could also make way with, with, with when you talk about proximity, Mike. Is what's going to happen with the East Coast Hockey League? Uh, we talked about it on my beers and Bruins on, uh, the other day that you know the agreement with the Atlantic Gladiators is up at the end of the season, and there's no word on that. So I wonder if that's next in line that they either uh, do another two-year agreement with Atlanta or what? do you bring the team closer to home in New England and possibly an area that's struggling right now, um, the Manchester Monarchs East Coast Hockey League team. I'm sorry, that's ECHL. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm actually, that's actually funny that you bring that up. Yeah, I've so seen people dumb. actually get mad about it. Oh, I know, I know, I get, yeah, but, um, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, your two-year agreement's almost over, and you're hearing rumors that they're going to cease operations next season, that the the team's for sale. Could Manchester be a a home spot for the Boston Bruins AAA affiliate? I'd be totally cool with that. It just makes perfect sense, almost too much sense. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely would agree. This delay is killing me. I hate it. <laughs> I am so yeah. sorry, folks. I know that some people have been emailing me lately about the frustrations with the audio. We, it's Skype. It's driving me nuts. I, I had a full head of hair two weeks ago, but everything is, like, just going down the tube. So we are looking to get other ways of recording and more quality for you. So... I don't get these uh, these awesome emails and the feedback because if awesome. I don't get the feedback and and the hate mail, we don't know what's going on. So at least we get the heads up. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bruce Cassidy yesterday after the game had some interesting things to say. I'm gonna play that right now. Interesting things to say. I'm gonna play that right now. Three, two, one. All right. So. Out of that whole recording right there from from yeah. the interview with Bruce Cassidy, the one thing that I got out of it that just and it hit me and he said it twice was the word disrespectful. That they were treating the game disrespectful in the first period and obviously in the third period giving up four goals. And there's a couple other words that that he was saying that kind of made me think that he's getting frustrated. But he's just not showing it. I mean, has 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 Bruce gotten frustrated enough that he's ready to explode or holding it all in? I don't really know, but I think it was just like post game frustrations. Who knows how he feels now? But I think he's right. I mean, they kind of came out against Detroit, and they're like, "Oh, Detroit isn't that good. Let's just." kind of coast for a bit see how it goes and it caught up to them it didn't go well they lost by three goals the first goal was brutal particularly i think it was char and mcavore on the ice got caught behind the net no one is even in a country miles distance to anthony mantha who's in my opinion one of the more underrated wingers in the league a big body that you can't miss. I think he's six foot five, and he's sitting there all alone in front of Yaroslav Halak, waiting back door. And 
I don't know if that factors into the disrespect, but I think it factors into the complacency a bit. David Backus gets to that later in um, the media session after that game. But, man, like, I think it was a little weak on Yaroslav Halak, too, based on the fact that although Mantha was all alone, if you look at the replay, Halak was pretty square to the shot. At least it looked like it. And he didn't make the save, but it was also a very well-placed shot by Mantha. But overall, I think they did where they were kind of disrespectful. I think they came out and underestimated Detroit. You know, like, we're already clinched. Let's just kind of coast and see how it goes. And it's it bit them. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, I think um, I feel like when Claude was the coach, there were definitely some press conferences where, you know, he used the term disrespectful. And I just think that, you know, the Bruins did a terrible job defending the slot last night. And it just was almost like, yeah, you said it. You said it absolutely right, Mike, that they kind of came into the game. We're just expecting that Detroit was just going to kind of sit down for them. And, you know, they were playing really, really desperate hockey. You know, they had nothing to lose. They've already been eliminated, you know, from the playoffs. And they were just playing really hard. And Bruins were just playing kind of the opposite way. And the last one, so we can get this one over with. Um, and and one person that has really blown me away this season and it's Brad Marchand. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on him? He got three games to go. He needs two goals to assist, whatever, to to break the century mark for the first time in his career, which it kind of surprised me, made me think, and I had to go do some stat searching, and I was correct. This is the only one that he's ever gotten this close to. Uh, thoughts on breaking it or or it's okay and then we'll move on. Yeah, he uh, – I talked on my show earlier that, like, he has, in my opinion, been far and away the best player on the team in the past month. He has – it's not like he's elevated his game so much more. He's just been so remarkably consistent. He needs two more for that uh, Bergeron plus Marchand equals 100. Stat line, if you're looking at jersey numbers, if he gets two more goals, it'll be 37, 63, 100. Pretty funny how that works out. But, yeah, he's just – he is one guy that hasn't taken his foot off the gas. He has been consistently dominant. You know, he still has those moments where he's talking smack. I forget what game it was. They, they went – I think – whoever was scored an empty netter and he took a penalty with like 38 seconds left. He was bickering at the ref and, you know, he dragged it out a bit. You know, he's still got a little bit of that nastiness and that agitator in him, but that's a good thing. As long as he doesn't get himself in trouble with discipline from the league, it's fine with me. And he's been the best player on the team. Honestly, I might as go as far as to say the whole year, him and Patrice Bergeron. I, I'd give it to Marshawn though. Big time. Not any slight to Bergeron because he's yeah, a greater himself. But, man, like, Marshawn has just been dialed in all year. He might be the only 100-point scorer on the team. I think the last person to do it was Adam Oates. And, you know, he's been dialed in. The company goes on. Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr have done it, amongst others. You know, Marshawn is trying to join that company, and it would be a fitting end to a great season. The, the amazing thing about Marshan is just like the progression in his game. He's gotten 
you know, exponentially better every season. You know, it was almost like when he had that 85-point season a few years ago, people were like, oh, okay, you know, this is just kind of a high point for him. You know, this is his peak, and he's gotten better. And it's, you know, ridiculous that he's this close to 100 points, just needs two goals. And he's just been so much fun to watch. And I would agree that he's been their best player, you know, from start to finish. Um, I would expect him to get over 100 uh, either tomorrow night or uh, Thursday. Awesome. Guys, I want to thank you both so much. Uh, Garrett, Caden, he writes for the blackandgoldhockey.com website. Uh, pleasure to have him. He's a breaking news guy, busts out the articles a lot, uh, does a great job. Uh, Mike Craddy, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Mr. Deep W-E-E-I and uh, the blackandgoldhockey.com. Uh, senior writer, um, you guys have been really good through this um, pretty <laughs> pretty rough podcast, but we're going to get it out there anyway to keep things rolling, and, and hopefully we get everybody back together uh, next Sunday. Um, well, minus Rob, he's out for two weeks, but uh, Court will be back. We'll find somebody else, but we'll try to get this whole situation straightened out, um, and then... We'll figure something out. We'll take the off season to uh, figure out another platform or whatever. But Skype just sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. It's not been working very well for the last two, three weeks, and it's like, you know, as much as I love the feedback, I don't really like hearing it. Yeah, the the technical difficulties and the internet, you know, that happens all across. But you know people will be able to look past that and just hear our wonderful voices and enjoy the content. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I would agree. Please plug your stuff again uh, and your Twitter accounts and uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you follow around with WEI at all, uh, you follow around with black and gold, obviously you can find me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at um at mike underscore craddy you can follow my uh radio show here at merrimack at sports spot wmck that's sports spot wmck uh we're live once a week four to five p.m on mondays and uh you know we're covering all boston sports but you know i get my most passionate on the bruins so yep follow me on twitter follow the uh page you know reach out um and you know, keep up my content and keep up with the site and keep it in tune to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, obviously. Right. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> yeah, we can find you, buddy. Yeah, and then, yeah, you know, you can follow me with, you know, the Black and Gold stuff that I put out. Um, um, I also want to say just overall great content from everyone at the site. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at the Sports Guy 97 I also got my podcast, Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. Uh, I got a Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, uh, usually I'm recording them Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, you know, any text, DMs, anything you want me to get to on the show. Um, it's usually Boston sports mixed in with some other, you know, national stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. Awesome. Again, thank you both for coming on and, and, and the time yeah, given and – and once we get everything straightened out with technology, we'll definitely have you guys back on again, hopefully talking in deep into the playoffs. But um, one quick one, one quick one. Yeah, hopefully. Mike, Mike. What? what? What's your series with the Leafs? What are you calling? Uh, Bruins in five. Bruins in five. Okay, Garrett, what do you got? 
Okay, Garrett, what do you got? Uh, I'll say Bruins in six. Oh yeah, I'm going with six too. I want. I I I have a feeling it's going to go seven games, but I'm going to say six. But anyway, five, five, yeah, five. I want to say five because I want to say I five because they had four, a chance to last year, but yeah. I almost said four. I think they can do it in four. Oh. Honestly, well, if they bad. if they play well enough. <laughs> That would be badass. But uh, anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We appreciate the support. And, again, we will get everything straightened out as soon as possible. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at BlackandGold277, at CourtLalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.